We're going to read out of the book of Job, chapter 29, verse 19 and 20. Actually, we'll begin at verse 12, and we'll focus on 19 and 20. Vamos a comenzar esta noche leyendo Job, capítulo 29, verso 12, hacia el 20. Y luego, uh, Primera de Corintios, capítulo 12, and then 1 Corinthians, chapter 12. Verse 4, 5, and 6, where we left off last week. We have been asking the question that Job asks, the book of Job asks, Can a man be profitable to God? Hemos estado haciendo la pregunta que hizo el, uh, el patriarca Job, o el libro de Job hace la pregunta, ¿Podrá el hombre ser de provecho para Dios? And we're making this personal and asking ourselves, uh, Will I be profitable to God? In the year 2017, how many of you have decided to be profitable? Amen. ¿Cuántos han decidido ser de provecho para Dios? We want to be fruitful in this year and bring glory to God. And uh, so I want to read beginning Job 29. Uh, if you don't have a Bible with you, we'll have it on the screen or you can read it on your digital device there, whatever uh, works for you tonight. Job chapter 29. Verse 12, these are the words of Job. And he says, Because I delivered the poor who cried for help, and the orphan who had no helper, the blessing of the one ready to perish came upon me, and I made the widow's heart sing for joy. I put on righteousness, and it clothed me. My justice was like a robe and a turban. I was eyes to the blind and feet to the lame. I was a father to the needy, and I investigated the case which I did not know. I broke the jaws of the wicked and snatched the prey from his teeth. Then I thought I shall die in my rest, in my nest, and I shall multiply my days as the sand. My root is spread out to the waters, and dew lies all night on my branch. My glory is ever new within me, and my bow is renewed in my hand. Now I'm going to ask you to keep Job open right there for the remainder of the message, but go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 4, 5, and 6. It reads, Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit, and varieties of ministries, and the same Lord. There are varieties of effects, but the same God who works all in all. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you tonight for the presence of the Holy Spirit and the body of Christ. I ask you tonight that you would anoint my lips of clay to preach the word of the living God and that you would anoint the hearing of this congregation, that in hearing the word taught, they might put it into practice uh, and that we might do this for the glory of God. We desire above all things that we might be profitable to you and that we might be fruitful and bring glory to the name of Christ. We ask that in Jesus' name. Let the church say amen. 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 Often when we think of Job, we think about Job suffering and going through all of those trials. And that's not going to be the focus of our message tonight. Uh, uh, muchas veces cuando pensamos de Job, pensamos de la, uh, la prueba que Job pasó y la dificultad de su vida. Pero no nos vamos a enfocar en eso esta noche. I, I wanted to read to you a portion of, of the life of, of, of the words of Job which revealed to us what kind of life he lived. La porción que hemos leído 
del libro de Job es una porción que en la cual Job nos relata la clase de vida que él vivió. You see, the reason that Job's life and his suffering is so challenging is because he was a good man. And if he were not a good man, we would say, well, he had it coming, right? But because he was good and because he was a servant of people and the servant of God, when we see him suffer, it makes it all that more difficult to understand why. But, but he clarifies for us some things tonight that are going to go related to what we have been talking about. Last week we talked about, uh, began to talk about the three words that Paul uses to describe the unction to function. You remember that? La semana pasada hablamos de las tres palabras que Pablo usa para describir la unción que Dios da para que usted y yo funcionemos en nuestro don y el regalo que Dios nos ha dado a nosotros. And the first word we talked about uh, when we're talking about the unction to function or the anointing to serve was the word gifts, which we read here in Corinthians. It says that there are a diversity of gifts. Dice que hay una variedad de dones. How many of you have a gift? Yeah, everyone should say amen because every single believer has been given a spiritual gift. Cada creyente ha recibido un don espiritual. So just say that tonight, I have a gift. All right, now the question is, what am I doing with my gift? Ahora la pregunta es, ¿cuál es el don well, I believe that Job operated in the gifts of the Spirit. Uh, Job operated as a prophet. If you really read the book of Job, you will realize that Job offered uh, many prophetic utterance concerning the Messiah. And uh, he was a man who had the prophetic gift. But he also operated in the gift of hospitality. And he operated in the gift of mercy and the gift of generosity. So Job was a gifted man. Job era un hombre con muchos dones. Él operó en el don de profecía. Si usted lee bien el libro de Job, ve que hay varias profecías que él da. También Job operó en el don de la misericordia y de la hospitalidad y el don de la generosidad. And those are just some of the gifts that God has given to the body of Christ, but they're very clear in the life of Job. Esos dones son nomás unos pocos de los que son dados a la iglesia, pero son muy claros ahí en la vida de Job. The second word we're all going to start where we're going to start tonight is that Paul said there are a diversity of ministries. Luego Pablo dice, hay una variedad de ministerios. So we already said I have a gift. Now I want you to say I have a ministry. Okay, you're struggling a little bit with that now. Because you're thinking, Pastor Isaac has a ministry. Uh, the ministers back here on the, in the altar, they have a ministry. The elders have a ministry. But I, I'm just a supporter, right? I'm just a, a pew warmer. No, every believer has a ministry. Say it again, I have a ministry. Cada creyente tiene un ministerio. A veces batallamos con eso porque pensamos el pastor Isaac tiene un ministerio, los ancianos de la iglesia tienen ministerio, los músicos tienen ministerio. La realidad es que hay diversidad de ministerios. Now really, the word uh, that Paul uses for the word ministry is a Greek word uh, that is the word diakonos. Ever, that sound a little familiar to you? Um, la palabra que Dios usa Oh, porque Pablo usa para describir ministerio 
en el griego es la palabra diáconos. Does that sound familiar to anybody? Diáconos. What does it sound like? Yeah, there you go. Deacon, you guys are speaking Greek and you didn't even know it. Ustedes están hablando en griego cuando dicen diácono, están hablando en griego. The word deacon literally means one who waits tables. La palabra diácono es uno que sirve las mesas. All right, so scripture says that there are diversity of gifts. Say, I have a gift. And then there are a diversity of diáconos. A diversity of services or a diversity of what I'm going to use tonight, tables. Every single believer has been given gifts to serve a particular table in their life. Cada creyente se le ha dado dones para que sirva una mesa en su vida. All right, so every person here has a table that God has called you to wait on. Cada persona aquí tiene una mesa que Dios te ha llamado para que sirvas. So when we elect deacons in our church, we're really electing servants. And the primary thing that they serve us every month is the Lord's table, right? So uh, just kind of put all the little dots together. When uh, someone calls the church and say, Pastor, we need a food box, generally we will send out a deacon, right? Because they are the ones who've been uh, given the responsibility of serving the tables. All right, so uh, it is, a, it is a, uh, uh, an office that the New Testament establishes. But the reality is that every single person here has a table that Christ has called them to wait. And literally, Jesus said this. He said, I did not come to be served, but rather to serve. You remember that? Jesús dijo, yo no vine para ser servido, sino para servir. I'm going to say that again. He said, I did not come to serve, to be served, but rather to serve. You know what he's literally saying there? He's using the word diakonos. He says, I did not come to be waited on, but I came to wait on tables. Jesús dijo, yo no vine para ser uh, servido, sino para servir la mesa. Now let me ask you a question. If Jesus, the sovereign Lord of the church... High priest of our confession, senior pastor of this church. If Jesus came to wait on tables, do you think you and I have been called to wait on tables? Amen. Yes, that is our uh, responsibility. So really, the question I have for you tonight is what is your table? La pregunta esta noche es cuál es tu mesa? What is the table you've been called to serve. It's like when I never I never did work as a waiter, but I've noticed that waiters have tables, right? ¿Cuántos han trabajado como un mesero? Algunos. And you have tables, and I notice some waiters fight over their tables. A veces los meseros pelean su mesa. That's my table. And that's because there's they're responsible for that table. Son responsables por esa mesa. Well, my table is right here. Every Sunday, I serve a table. I hope I do a good job about it. But that's my responsibility to serve before you the word of God. 
and to serve the table. That's my primary job. Mi responsabilidad, mi mesa, cada semana está aquí en ese púlpito, servirles la palabra de Dios. And I fight for my table. Yo peleo mi mesa. That's why I don't let just any, any old Johnny off the street come preach to you because I have to protect my table. Uh, yo no dejo que cualquier entre a predicarles porque yo tengo que proteger mi mesa. You know, I, I, if I just let anybody in, somebody might come in and beat up on you one Sunday. And uh, as Elder Switzer says, you can, you can fleece a sheep many times, but you can only skin them once. Uh, I don't want my, my flock beat, okay? I want them fed. And so I make sure that we have a well-fed table. Tenemos una mesa bien servida. My brother happens to be my brother in, in Christ as well. Um, my brother Josh found his table. That's the, uh, that's the music ministry. Um, the the uh, elders at this church have found their table. The deacons have found their table. Those who are teaching right now in the children's classes and the youth classes, guess what they're doing? They're serving their table. So what's your table? What's the place God has called you to serve? ¿Cuál es tu mesa? ¿Cuál es el lugar donde Dios te ha llamado a, a servir? You could be a nurse. Guess what? That's your table. Si usted es una enfermera, esa es su mesa. That's your place to serve. To use the gifts you've give, God's given you to serve somebody. Ahí esa enfermera usa los dones que Dios le dio para servir a alguien. Maybe you are uh, involved in government. That's your table. Quizás está en el gobierno. Esa es su mesa. Uh, Quizás usted trabaja en una compañía. Ese lugar donde usted tiene la oportunidad de servir es su mesa. That's your table. And Christ has called us not to be served, but to serve. Jesús no nos llamó a ser servidos, sino a servir. So, I want to know, are there any waiters in here tonight? Raise your hand if you're a waiter. All right. ¿Cuántos son meseros esta noche? Everybody should be a waiter. All right. What it is that you have been called to do is your, the because of your life. You remember we talked about that last week? Jesus said, the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he has anointed me to do these things. The because of your life. Is the thing that God anoints in your life. Now, when you read Job, listen to what Job says. Job found his table. Job su mesa. There's no doubt about it. Look at verse 12. He says, Because I delivered the poor who cried for help and the orphan who had no helper. The blessing of the one ready to perish came upon me, and I made the widow's heart sing for joy. Job tells us that his table was serving the poor. Job nos dice que su mesa era servir a los pobres. And I love how he describes it here. He says, the blessing of the one who needed help fell upon me. Now most of the time, when someone asks us for help, we don't consider it a blessing. But Job, when someone asks him for help, Job said, the blessing is falling upon me. Because he understood, I have a chance to serve my table. Mucho quizá cuando nos piden algo no lo sentimos como una bendición. Pero Job cuando caía una necesidad sobre él, él disfrutaba eso porque él sentía esta es una bendición para mi vida. Aquí yo tengo la oportunidad de servir la mesa 
que Dios me dio y me ha puesto delante de mí. So with this, with this uh, question, what, are, what is your table? I want to ask, just point out three things. How do you answer that question? Number one, is, is the work from God, is it work from God? That's the first question. Is the work I'm doing for God? If I'm waiting tables, am I doing it for the Lord? Because the scripture says, whatever your hand finds to do, do it as unto the Lord. So we have to ask, is the work I'm doing as unto the Lord? Nobody's watching. Nobody's checking up on me. No one knows if I'm doing it or not. But is my work unto the Lord? When I was in college, uh, I was um, given a job by the president of the university. I thought it was going to be a very prestigious job, but he put me in the back room behind uh, the whole world. I felt like it had one window, and I felt we call it the fishbowl. And uh, we were so far back there that a lot of the people I worked with, they would go on all day, and this was before Facebook, so they spent their time on other things, but they would just spend a lot of time not working. And I overheard somebody one day talking uh, as people are prone to talk in the office. And they said, you don't have to worry about Isaac. He's always working. And I was proud of that, of course. But I realized that I had just become a testimony for Christ. That when you hire a man of God, he does his work as if it were for God. And see, church, when you and I do that, when we wait on our table with excellence and, and people know this, this job is well done, you're actually doing it as an act of worship to the Lord. The next question is, is this work for God? Is the work from God is the first question. The second question, is it for God? Am I doing this for his glory? Am I doing this for his fame and for his sake? Or am I doing it for myself? Am I doing this for my own benefit or for my own credit? Third question, is the work being done with God? Tercer pregunta, es, 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 si estoy haciendo ese trabajo uh, go, uh, por Dios, de Dios y con Dios. When you do your work with God, it becomes a blessing. Cuando usted hace su trabajo con Dios, es una bendición. I can promise you that uh, when I preach with God, it's a lot better sermon than when I preach by myself. You say, pastor was anointed today. That's because I was preaching with God's help. You know what it's like to preach without help? It's like trying to preach while drowning. You can just imagine that. That's how it feels to try to do God's work without God's help. You and I have been given a ministry. We have to do that ministry by the help that God supplies. So the Apostle Paul says this. He says, uh, the things I do, I do by the strength or, or by the one that is working within me. Dice el Apostle Pablo, el trabajo que yo hago, el ministerio que yo hago, lo, lo hago por la fuerza que Dios me da. So let me just tell you this. Whatever God has called you to, the anointing he gives you will be sufficient so that you can carry out the work that he's called you to do. And if he didn't call you to that job, he's not going to help you serve a table that he didn't call you to serve. When you try to serve somebody else's table, you're going to wear yourself out. Cuando usted quiere servir la mesa de otro, se va a cansar. But you do your work. With God, and I'll, I'll guarantee you, you will have the strength that God supplies. And that's why Paul says to the Colossians, he says, I strive according 
to his power which mightily works within me. Dice Pablo, yo, yo trabajo uh, por el poder que está operando dentro de mí. Colosenses capítulo 1, verso 29. That's Colossians chapter 1, verse 29. Ephesians 3.16 says, Strengthened with power through his spirit in the inner man. Ephesians 3.16 dice que somos fortalecidos con poder a través de su espíritu en el hombre interior. When you and I have the help of God to do the work of God, that's called the unction to function. So say it again, unction to function. So let me just ask you a question. Are you burning out? If you're burning out, I guarantee you're operating in your own strength. Si usted siente que se está, se está quemando, que ya, ya no puede, es porque usted está operando en su propia fuerza. Now you have to learn that lesson because often we, we get burned out and we blame the ministry. We blame, we blame the church. We blame the people that we're trying to serve. But the fact is that when the Holy Spirit is supplying the help for you to do the work, you don't burn out because the Spirit is a constant source of strength. El Espíritu Santo es una fuente continua de fuerza, de habilidad. Entonces, si usted está sintiendo que ya no puede, es porque no está haciendo el poder o no está haciendo el trabajo en el poder del Espíritu. If you're, if you look at uh, this weekend, we'll have Bishop Longoria, who's been preaching for almost 60 years. And I've never once heard him complain about preaching or complain about ministry or complain about people in the ministry. And I think, how, what's the strength or the key to that longevity? I'll tell you what it is. It is operating under the anointing of the Spirit of God. The body gets tired, but the inner man is renewed day by day. And the inner man is walking by the strength that God supplies. All right, the next word Paul uses here, la segunda palabra que Pablo usa, Es la palabra uh, manifestación o efecto. Paul uses another word. He used the word uh, manifestation or effect. There are diversity of gifts, a diversity of tables, and a diversity of effects or manifestations. Well, that word effect is the word in Greek, energo. Sound familiar? What does it sound like? Energy. It's where we get the, Greek, the English word energy. So he said there are diversity of energies. What does that mean? That means that within every believer there are gifts. That's the thing God wants you to do. There is a table. That's the place God wants you to serve. And then there is the energy. That's the strength to do it. Can I say that again? The gift is what God wants you to do. The table is where God wants you to do it. And the energy is how God wants you to do it. So the, the strength comes from God. The energy comes from God. How many of you feel like you need energy? I, I, I think some of you are needing energy right now. It's been a long day. I just need energy. Well, the Holy Spirit is the energy drink of the believer. But he does not... He does not let you crash, okay? El Espíritu Santo es la energía del creyente. Some people say to me, Pastor, you're always smiling. I don't know if that's true or not, but I, I think it's probably true. That's because I have 
a constant flow of the energy of the Holy Spirit. And people tell me, even when you do a funeral, you're smiling. I can't help it. I'm happy about the fact that this person made it to glory. So the, this is what Paul says. He says, it is God, this is Philippians 2.13, it is God who is at work in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. Let me break that down for you. It is God. Who's at work? God. It is God who's at work in you. Who's at work in you? God. That's the energy that you need to do the work that God's called you to do. It comes from God. And God has done this by the depositing into us the Holy Spirit. Dios ha puesto dentro de nosotros el Espíritu Santo. Y dice que es Dios el que trabaja dentro de nosotros para hacer, para dar el querer y el hacer, para hacer su buena voluntad. So he gives us both the will to do and he gives us the ability to do. Right? I want to look at those two words for a moment. He says both to will and to do. Say that with me. To will and to do. Okay, here's the deal. The first thing a man needs or woman needs in order to fulfill a project is the will. You would, would you agree? Lo primero que una persona necesita para hacer un proyecto es la voluntad. Some of you have been needing to clean out your garage for a long time, but you have no will. It's getting quiet now. Pastor's meddling. Okay. Usted quizás necesita limpiar el garaje de su casa, pero no lo ha hecho porque le falta el querer. Dicemos en español, nos faltan las ganas. We say we have no ganas in Spanish. No, no desire. I just don't feel like doing that right now. I just got a Saturday off and you want me to spend it cleaning out my garage? I don't have will to do that. And here's the, here's the thing. Before Christ comes into your life, it's very difficult for you to will to want to do good. Antes de que Dios entre a su vida, el querer no está presente. Para algunos, uh, this is not universally true, but many of you, before you came to Christ, sitting in church on a Wednesday night listening to a Bible study was the last thing you willed to do. Say amen. I know I'm not preaching to pure and righteous people all their lives. The old man didn't want to be anywhere near a church. Yeah, no will. Uh, el, hombre, el hombre viejo no quería nada que ver con la iglesia. Uh, sing songs, forget it. Hear a sermon, forget it. You want me to serve the poor, forget it. Every man for himself. Got to look out for number one. That's how old man thought. Cada uno por lo suyo. Que busque lo suyo. Así piensa el hombre viejo. Yo no voy a estar en una casa de Dios. No voy a estar cantando himno. No voy a pasar el tiempo orando. Dice el hombre antiguo, si yo entro a esa iglesia, se apagan las luces. Someone said, if I go to that church, the light will power go out. Somebody came to church for the first time and the power went out on Sunday. I said, Lord, don't let that become a confirmation. You had no will, but some of you did have a will. You wanted to do good. But what you lacked was the power to do it. Otros tenían el deseo de hacer el bien, pero no tenían el poder para hacerlo. 
You wanted to do right, but you had no power to do right. How many of you know that? You've seen that, experienced that. No tenía el poder para hacerlo. Quería vivir bien, pero no tenía el poder para hacerlo. Pero cuando Jesús llegó a tu vida, te dio el poder del Espíritu Santo. Jesus came to your life. He gave you the power of the Holy Spirit. He gave you the want to and the how to at the same time. El Espíritu Santo te dio el, el querer y también el poder para hacerlo. If you know that's true, give God praise in his house. It is God who is at work in you both to will, to want, and to do. If someone doesn't want something, they can't have it. If you don't want a college education, you're not going to get a college education. If you want a college education, that's the first thing you need is that desire to want it. You want a better life? You have to decide, I can have a better life in Christ. Si usted quiere una vida mejor, primero viene el querer y luego Dios da el poder para hacerlo. God gives you the ability to do it. Are you with me so far? All right. So we see all of those things present in the life of Job. Go back to Job 29. Look at verse 14. He says, I put on righteousness and it clothed me and my justice like a robe and a turban. Listen. Job says, I became a righteous man. I did right. Why? Because the work of the Spirit is in his life. El Espíritu de Dios está operando en Job. En por, lo, por lo tanto, él dice, yo hice justicia, obré justicia. Do you know God wants you to walk in integrity? ¿Sabe usted que Dios quiere que usted oh, oh, camine en integridad? Listen, friend, you can walk a righteous life. By the power of the Holy Spirit. Usted sí puede vivir una vida justa por el poder del Espíritu Santo. We've got to do away with our excuses. Tenemos que deshacernos de nuestras excusas. A lot of us hide behind our excuses. Well, this is just the way I am. This is how I was raised. That's the example my parents gave me. That's, the kind, that's what happens when you're born on the other side of the tracks. Friend, none of those things matter when you come to Jesus. He gives you the power to live a godly life life. Cuando usted viene a Jesús, Él te da el poder para vivir una vida santa. So before Christ, you were a liar. Now you have to tell the truth because the Spirit of God will sit on you. Antes robaba, pero ahora no puede robar. You used to steal. Now you give. That's a big turnaround, right? Wow, I used to steal stuff. Now I'm paying my tithe. What happened to me? How many of you have had that transformation? Nobody gives away 10% of their income unless the Spirit of God is working in them. I used to lie. Now I tell the truth. I used to steal. Now I give. I used to get angry. Now I get angry, but I don't sin. Antes me enojaba, ahora me enojo, pero no peco. Todavía está el Señor obrando en usted. God's still working there, right? But there's a change that has taken place because the Spirit of God, the energy of the Spirit of God is working inside of your life. La energía del Espíritu de Dios está obrando dentro de ti. Paul, Job says, I live a righteous life. 
Before, I might have wanted to, but I couldn't. But the Spirit of God living in me teaches me the way that I should go. El Espíritu de Dios viviendo en mí ahora me enseña la vida que yo debo vivir. How is this possible, preacher? I'll tell you how it's possible. Jesus Christ lived a perfect, sinless, righteous life. And he gave it to you as a gift by faith if you will put your faith and trust in him. And when you do that, he gives over to you the record of his righteousness as well as the power to live a godly life. That's the glory of the gospel. Now, he says, I was eyes to the blind. I was feet to the lame. We see his table there again. I was a father to the needy, and I investigated the case which I did not know. I broke the jaws of the wicked, and I snatched the prey from his teeth. And look at the reward of Job. Right here. This is what I wanted to get to tonight. Aquí donde yo quiero enfocarnos esta noche. Because some of you have done all of these things. You've been using your gift. You've been waiting on your table. And you have been using the strength that God supplies. But I want you to know that nothing with God goes unrewarded. I thought I could get a better amen than that. Nothing with God goes unrewarded. He says, behold, I come quickly and my reward is with me. Ahora vemos el galardón de Job. Y para, para que usted sepa que cuando usted obra en su don, obra en su ministerio, su mesa, usted obra por la energía que Dios da, usted va a tener un galardón de Dios. How many of you have discovered that God is good to you? ¿Cuántos han descubierto que Dios es bueno? Come on, don't be shy about it. If God's been good to you, brag on God for a little bit. Si Dios ha sido bueno... Uh, Hactis en Dios un momento porque Él es verdaderamente bueno. He's truly good. Look at the results of this. Mire el resultado de esto. Verse 19. I want to I draw these three lines right here. First one. He says, my root is spread out to the waters. Dice, mis raíces se estiran a las aguas. Listen. Job says, because I have done the things that God called me to do by the strength that God supplied, I am able to drink out of the stream of God's anointing. Porque yo he hecho lo que Dios me llamó a hacer por la fuerza que Dios me da, yo ahora puedo tomar de las aguas del arroyo de la unción. The stream of God's anointing is nourishing the soul of those who operate in the power of the Holy Spirit, who have an unction to function. El, el, el arroyo del Espíritu fluye en la vida de aquel que está operando en sus dones. Listen, church, if you have a parked car, I have a, a parked car back to, at the parsonage. It's a two, 2001 Jeep Cherokee, and I haven't, I haven't driven it for about three years, and it it never occurred to me to put gas in it. It probably needs gas. But I know, but I'm making a point. Why don't I put gas in it? Why? Because it's parked. Right? So why would you put gas in a parked car? Why would God put gas in a parked Christian? If we're not going anywhere, why do we need fuel? The anointing has it because. 
¿Por qué será que yo tengo una, una Jeep parada ahí no le echo gas? ¿Por qué? Porque está parada. ¿Por qué uh, no, en un carro parado no necesita gas y un cristiano parado no necesita unción? ¿Para qué quiere unción si no se va a mover? What's the point of anointing a car that's not going to move or a Christian that's not going to function under that anointing? The work that you and I have been called to do is so that we can do. By the anointing. La unción que Dios tiene para nosotros es para que lo hagamos. And so he says, if you will do the work I've called you to do, I'm going to give you a constant stream of refreshing. Si usted hace el, el trabajo, el ministerio que Dios puso en su vida, usted va a tener una constante fuente de la unción en su vida. And for you, it's going to be like a tree that, that its roots are drinking right out of the stream of, of living water. Sus raíces están bebiendo del agua de vida. I believe tonight some of you, your roots are reaching out for a refreshing tonight. Quizás sus raíces esta noche están estiradas hacia buscar. And I want to tell you the stream is flowing. El arroyo está fluyendo. The grace of God, the anointing of God is flowing to restore your life. La unción fluye para restaurar tu vida. Blessed is the man, the Bible says, who does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly nor sit in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord and he meditates on it both day and night. He shall be like a tree that is planted by the streams of water and he will have fruit in each season and his leaf will not fade. That's you I'm talking about. I'm describing your life if you're living your life in Christ. The Christian ought never to walk around parched. You have the ever-flowing stream of the Spirit of God. And the moment you need a drink, just start worshiping him. The Spirit of God will show up in your life, and he will fill your life with, that, the, with the water of the Spirit. Jesus said to the woman at the well, if you drink of this water, you will, you will thirst again. But if you drink of the water that I shall give you, you shall never thirst again. Has anybody drank of that water? That water of life. Job says, this is the reward. I get to drink like a tree right out of the stream. My roots are, are, are strong because they're in the presence of God. You know what kind of trees get blown away? Rootless trees. And maybe if you don't get your, your roots down deep and find the stream of that anointing, you get very easily moved by the circumstances of life. But when you've been drinking that water of the Spirit, it keeps you rooted when the storms come and the winds prevail against you. Then it says, and the dew lies all night on my branch. Luego dice, el rocío está siempre sobre mi rama. This, this is a very beautiful picture because uh, Job says, the dew of God's favor and God's anointing falls all the time on my harvest. I want, I want to explain something to you real quick because when I, I learned this when I was in the uh, fifth grade, I think. It's called photosynthesis. And photosynthesis is a process by which a plant uh, lives. There's a, a part of, of a photosynthesis that occurs when dew comes upon a plant. The pores in the plant open up 
to receive moisture. And they close up when it gets real hot. Now, when the pores are closed, the plant can't grow. The only way for the plant to grow is if the pores are open. The only way the pores will open is if there's moisture. So when the dew comes on the plant in the morning, it opens up its pores. It receives that moisture. And now it can grow. If it doesn't open up, it can't receive that moisture, and it begins to dry up and die. Listen, church. When the pores of your heart are closed to the anointing of the Spirit, you can't grow. But you and I have access to the dew of heaven every single day. The favor of God is on your life. Often the Bible describes dew as favor. And other times it's the anointing of the Spirit. And, and when the Spirit of God comes over your life, it opens up the pores of your heart so that the, the moisture of God's grace can get in and cause growth. That's why it's so important for you to be in the house of God. Because as we're in worship, we're worshiping God. What happens? Your heart opens up. Your spirit opens up to God and the word of God can get in and the grace of God can come in and flood your soul and that produces growth. But when you start drying up and you're closed off to God, you're closed off to the word and you're closed off to everybody else around you, there's no room for growth there. Job says, the dew of heaven is on my life all night long while I'm resting. God is pouring out his grace over my life. He's pouring out his, uh, his anointing over my life. And then he says, he says, my glory is ever new with me. Job says, every day my glory is new. What is a person's glory? Your glory is that thing that sets you apart. Everybody has a glory. If you haven't found it yet, you need to find it. I found my glory when I was a little boy. I, I found out that what set me apart was the ability to preach. I cannot throw a football worth anything, but I can preach. That's my glory. Well, let the quarterback have his glory. What's your glory? It might be you're the best counselor anyone ever sat with. It might be the worst. Maybe that's not your glory. Maybe uh, your, your glory is that thing that sets you apart. And often... We think that our best days are behind us. But, friend, I want you to know, Job says, because I have given God my time and my effort, and I have, I have served him diligently by the grace he supplies, every day I wake up with a reality that my best days are still in front of me and that God's, that the thing that sets me apart is still going to operate in my life, and I'm going to be able to do good for God today. I'm going to be able to bring glory to God today. And then this is my, my last point as, as Brother Josh comes, and uh, it's my favorite because he says, and my bow is renewed in my hand. Now, what is a bow? It's an, it's an instrument of battle, you, uh, like a, a bow for an arrow. Job says, my bow is renewed in my hand. And when we think of a bow, we think of battle. Generally, two things should come to mind. A bow represents pursuit. When you uh, talk about a bow in the scripture, it talks about pursuing uh, something. And, and we've talked about that, pursuing God and pursuing God's will for our life. And the bow is the pursuit 
of God in your life, the thing you're chasing after. La, la, um, el arco en tus manos, dice Job, es siempre renovado. Ahí está diciendo que las cosas que yo estoy persiguiendo para la gloria de Dios son renovadas todos los días. And, he, and also the bow represents victory. También el arco representa la victoria. And here's what I want you to see tonight as I close. That the more you operate in your gift, the more you use the bow, the same bow, same hands. Job says, my bow is renewed in my hands. Same hands, same bow. But every time I use that bow, I get better at it. Every time I practice what God has given me to do, I become better at it. Listen, church, your victories, your battles are making you better at fighting. They're making you a stronger warrior for the glory of God. So you need to remember that. Next time you're in a fight, you remember my bow is renewed in my hands. Victory doesn't come when your bow is hanging on the wall for show. It comes when your bow is in your hands fighting the good fight of faith. La victoria no viene cuando el arco está en la, en la pared, sino cuando el arco está en tus manos haciendo guerra. And the more you take that bow and you use it as an implement of battle, you go into pursuit for God and for the glory of God, he says that bow is renewed in your hands. And day by day, as you pray, you become better at praying. As you worship, you become a better worshiper. As you love your husband, your wife, you become a better lover and a better uh, a caretaker for your family. When you practice the gifts of God in your life, you will become good at that gift. Last Sunday, I saw a waiter carrying a tray full of food. Looked like the biggest tray in the world. And he had it like this. And he was walking through tables like nothing. And I thought, wow, that's a superhero. How did he do that? You know how he did it? Because he practiced. Day by day, serving his table, serving his table, serving his table. And friend, when you and I serve our table, day by day, serving our table, doing what God called us to do, using the gifts God gave us, using the anointing that's on your life, you're going to find that your bow will be renewed in your hands, that you will become stronger as you fight, stronger as you pursue. Come on, somebody. Your best days with God are in front of you. Los mejores días de tu vida están delante de ti. Tu arco se renueva cada día. So by the end of 2017, we're going to be better than we were at the beginning. Because we've been given an unction to function. Se nos ha dado una unción para la actividad y la función del Espíritu de Dios y el propósito de Dios en nuestra vida. Y cuando usamos el don de Dios en nuestra vida, el arco se renueva. I want you tonight to take your bow and practice, exercise that gift. Take your bow and worship God and pray to God concerning the things that are on your heart. And friend, I trust that God's going to renew your strength tonight. You've come in weary. He's going to renew your strength by the power of the Holy Spirit. Do you receive this word?
Amen. Stand with me, please. Póngase de pie conmigo, por favor. All over the room, if you would, just raise your hands. Levante sus manos. And just begin to worship God. Comience a adorar a Dios. Let your roots dip down into the stream of God's anointing. Deja que tus raíces toquen el agua del Espíritu de Dios. I don't, know, I don't know how dry you are, but the Holy Spirit is saying to you, open up the pores of your heart. Let me in. If you close up, I can't help you, but if you open up to me. He says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hears my voice and opens the door, I'll come in. Come on, where's the voice of the church? ¿Dónde está la voz de la iglesia esta noche? Almighty God, I thank you tonight for the unction of the Holy Spirit, which makes it easy to do what you've called us to do. I pray right now in Jesus' name that the stream of the anointing of the Spirit, that that water of life which refreshes and renews the soul would come washing through this place and rinse and, and cleanse and renew every single person and every single heart. God, we open up our heart to you tonight. We say, God, we want to find our table. And we want to work by the gifts and ministry that you have supplied. But God, we, above all, we want to know what it is to, to drink the water of the anointing. We, we want to know what it is to be, Lord, constantly nourished by the supply of the Spirit. Come on, you're going to have to open your mouth because that's where the victory is. Abra su boca y alabe a Dios. Come on, open your mouth and just bless the Lord. Almighty Savior. Almighty Savior, we invite your, visiting, your visitation and your manifestation in our lives tonight. We invite the unction to flow tonight. I pray for the dry and the thirsty soul that the river of life would come. And fill the parched places. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah.